Good morning. <laughs> Has anybody else ever dreamed of coming out like Maverick on Top Gun? I mean, right? Like so cool, right? <laughs> no, I gotta be able to see here for goodness sakes. All right, stay with me. I promise it's gonna make sense. Let's pray. God, you are amazing, incredible. Thank you for being here with us, God, in this place. Thank you for dwelling among your people, God. Thank you for worship this morning, Lord. So beautiful. I just pray, Lord, that you would fill my mouth, God, as I open it. I pray that you would release everything that you have for everyone that's here today, Lord. I pray that you bless everyone that's here and their families, God. That you would just download important, great things that you have readied their heart and prepared their spirit to receive specifically today. I thank you for them. We thank you, Jesus. In Jesus' name. And everybody said? Amen. 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 All right. So we continue a series titled... Oh, it's not up there. That didn't work. Okay. <laughs> it's okay. <laughs> you knew. Thank you. Yes. Titled change. So Pastor John, you remember, he started us off... And he started talking about a supernatural, um, spiritual transformation on the inside of us, right? Our relationship with the Lord. And hello, Pastor John and Letty, by the way, if you're watching, we love you and miss you. <laughs> um, so then Pastor Michael, after that, the next week, he challenged us, telling us things like, um, change always costs us something, right? Change causes chatter, and change challenges our perception. Do you remember that? Okay, and then last week, um, mic drop, Pastor Michael. So amazing. Thank you so much for a great message on parenting. That was phenomenal. Amazing. And let me even say, it was even so much more than just parenting, but it really taught us the value of treating other people the way that Jesus would. Amen? Amen. That was so good. And I know it might seem strange that I always seem to backtrack and always talk about what was previous, what was before, but I just think it is so, so important that we ponder and digest and truly reflect on what God is speaking to us or what he wants us to hear. Because we want to be sure we get everything he has for us, right? Kind of like when you go back and you re-watch a movie over and over. And, Top Gun, anybody? Anybody seen it more than once? Right? We watch things over and over because maybe we missed something. We want to go back and hear it. So you have opportunity. Go to the website. Check out those messages. You will be very, very blessed. So about a year ago, I actually spoke a message, and it was titled, Suddenly. And as I got to thinking about this message here today, my spirit was stirred kind of in the same direction and I remember that in that particular message, I shared a text from a very good friend of mine. And in that text, it read, I feel something eternally, like a change is coming, like a shift. It's weird. I've been distracted. Not a bad feeling, just like a move is coming. Now, what I couldn't get away from was this thought of, sudden change because how many of you know when something comes that is imposed on us suddenly or without our approval would you agree that it kind of can cause a storm in our life yes you guys are quiet this morning yes right yes okay 
Yes, and it's not that we're looking for trouble or trials, right? But it does say in the book of John, in the Bible, it says, in the world you will have tribulation, but be of good cheer, I have overcome the world. That's right. And in Psalms 34, many, how many? Are the afflictions of the righteous, but the Lord delivers him out of them all. All. So here's what I would ask you this morning. What is it that you're in? Would you be honest this morning to raise your hand and say, yep, that's me. I am in the storm. Is that you? Raise your hand. Or maybe it's you this morning and you would say, nope, praise the Lord, I'm out of the storm. Good. And then maybe thirdly, it would be you, that you would say, mm, I feel like I'm more in the place of preparing for a storm. Okay, there's only three choices, people. So if you didn't choose one, your pants are on fire. So let's try it again. <laughs> How many would say, yes, it is the, I am in the storm? Okay. How many would say, praise the Lord, I am out of the storm? Okay, and how many of you would say, I believe I'm probably in the place of preparing for a storm? Okay, see, I was just talking with a friend the other day, and we had this conversation about how you're really, you're either in or you're out, or you're getting ready to go in another one. Would you agree with that statement? Okay. Thank you. <laughs> okay. So, here's what we're going to do. I know it's going to get weird. <laughs> just, just trust me. So, we're going to go for a little plane ride. Is that okay? Yeah. Okay. What I want you to do is I want you to actually physically, like, put your seatbelt, put your seatbelt on. And just like mom would say in the car, we aren't going anywhere until you get your seatbelt on. Right? So, put your seatbelt on. Okay. So buckle up. We want to be buckled up. All right. So we're going to talk about a plane ride. We're going to talk about three different parts of the plane ride. We're going to talk about the runway. Everybody say runway. We're going to talk about the ride. And we're going to talk about the landing. Thank you. Okay. First off, the runway. All right. The air traffic controller. I impressed. That just came out. Like, I didn't even say that in first service. That was good. Like... I couldn't remember what they were called. Your air traffic controller has just given you clearance, right? You're on the plane. You're coming kind of slow. You just left the gate, right? But then you're coming around to where you are. This is kind of perfect right here, this middle, like right here, the runway, right? And you're lined up, and this is the part where you're like getting ready, right? And you're, you're like holding hands. That's what we do as a family. When we travel together, we like hold hands with one another. And then the plane is like taking off like 6,000 miles an hour, right? And if we're honest, this is the part where we're telling the devil to shut up because he's telling us we're going to die and there's probably a terrorist on the plane. Am I right? Or is that, that's just me? Okay, okay. So this is the part where we're praying. Thank you, Lord, for safe travels. This is great. It's kind of rough, right? It's not the easiest part. So, but then there's that moment. There's that moment when you've hit the end of the runway, and you guys all know what I'm talking about if you've flown before, when you leave the ground, 
right? And you can kind of like feel it in your body, right? It kind of like, right? And you're like, okay, like, take me, Lord, here we go, right? Like, your trust has just become in his hands, right? So a couple weeks ago, I thought this was so good, and it was so relatable. I was at a conference, and Craig Rochelle was talking, and he was speaking on, he said, now listen, he said, if you are ever in a place where I am speaking live, he said, you'll see me, like, come out wherever he comes out from, I don't know. But before he ever comes out, and listen, because this is relatable, to all of us. Before he comes out on stage to speak, he always takes a giant step forward. And the reason that he does that is he said, he said, listen, he said, I get insecure like all of you. I have the enemy speaking in my ear telling me like what I have to deliver isn't good enough or it's not the right message or what in the world do you think you're doing up here? All of those things, i got to combat all those things that I I think I am, and I have to step into God's call and what he has me to do, and that I can walk in confidence with him because he's the one who created me and designed me to do what, what we are supposed to do. So if that's you, maybe you just need to sometimes take that giant step forward and step into with confidence knowing that God will meet you right there. Okay, I know I get a little bit of rap- I get a little rabbit trail, but just stay with me. We're talking about sudden change. This this is the storm. And when I ask the Lord to kind of to give me examples of people in the Bible that have gone through sudden change, I got to thinking of people like like Saul, who became Paul, right? He was blind, and then he could see. I thought about Mary, and she was the mother of Jesus, of course, engaged to Joseph, and then, whoa, right? Suddenly, she became pregnant. And then I was thinking, what about David? So then there's David, who later became king, but in a single day, he went from being a shepherd to being a superhero when he slayed the giant. I was like, God, that is so good. We're going to talk about this, right? And he's like, no. He's like, no, we're not. How about Job? And I was like, Lord, how fitting. That is so good. I said, did you know that Shannon Henry is going to be teaching a class on Wednesday nights talking about Job, how he remained faithful in the unfathomable Yes, Dana, I do know. Right, right, you're the Lord, right. Of course you knew that, of course you knew, right? Anyways, he is so good. So Job, the Bible says he was blameless, a man of complete integrity. He feared God and stayed away from evil. Now Job, this is crazy, okay? He had 7,000 sheep. Can we... 7,000 sheep. Now, I don't know if that's 7,000 sheep, but when you Google 7,000 sheep, that's what they think it looks like, okay? So, I just kind of wanted to give you an idea. If you had a whole lot of sheep, can you imagine taking care of that many sheep? I mean, how many sweaters does a family need? For real, right? 
7,000 sheep, 3,000 camels, that's a whole lot of humps, 500 teams of oxen, 500 female donkeys. He had so many servants. It says he was, in fact, the richest person in the entire area. Now, Satan comes to the Lord to get permission, permission to bring destruction on Job. Now, that's a whole other message in itself. Okay, and he taunts the Lord, saying that surely Job would curse him then to his face, right? Let's just read it together. So if you brought your Bible, or you have your Bible app, or you're really good at reading big screens, turn your attention there. Okay, we're going to go to Job, and we're going to go to chapter 1. And we're going to start in verse 8. Then the Lord asked Satan, Have you noticed my servant Job? He is the finest man in all the earth. He's blameless, a man of complete integrity. He fears God and stays away from evil. Satan replied to the Lord, Yes, but Job has good reason to fear God. You have always put a wall of protection around him and his home and his property. You have made him prosper in everything he does. Look how rich he is. I hope you heard that, church. But reach out and take away everything he has, and he will surely curse you to your face. Now, in the end, the Lord gives him permission, with the exception that Satan spare his life. Is that true? Do you remember that? Yes. Now, get this. In a single, everybody say single. In a single conversation, Job's life changes suddenly single conversation. Go down to verse 13. One day when Job's sons and daughters were feasting at the oldest brother's house, probably a little party, family fun night, who knows, a messenger arrived at Job's home with this news. Your oxen were plowing with the donkeys feeding beside them when the Sibians raided us. They stole all the animals and killed all the farmhands. I'm the only one who escaped to tell you. While he was still speaking, another messenger arrived with this news. The fire of God has fallen from heaven and burned up your sheep, 7,000 of them, and all the shepherds. I'm the only one who has escaped to tell you. While he was still speaking, a third messenger arrived with this news. Three bands of Chaldean raiders have stolen your camels and killed your servants. I'm the only one who has escaped to tell you. Yet while he was still speaking, another messenger arrived with this news. Your sons and daughters were feasting in their oldest brother's home. Suddenly, a powerful wind swept in from the wilderness, hit the house on all sides. The house collapsed, and all your children are dead. I'm the only one who escaped to tell you. Now, it goes on to say that Job stood up, which implies he was sitting down. Job stands up, tears his his robe, shaves his head, falls to the ground, and worships the Lord. Guys, that's no joke. Like, Job grieved, and he mourned, and he grieved some more, but yet he still remained faithful. He still trusted in the Lord. Okay, 
Can we get back to the plane ride? Your seatbelts are still on, right? The light has not gotten turned off, guys. Keep the seatbelt on. Okay, now we're going to talk about the ride. This is the part where if you check your seatbelt, you can now take it off because the light has just come off. This is the part where they let you walk around the plane. They, it's, it's just that time of relaxation. It's that time that's above the clouds. You can go to the rest room. You can catch a movie like Top Gun. You can read a book, right? This is where you get your snacks, like your Stroop waffles and your Biscoff cookies. Any of you that travel know exactly what I'm talking about. Um, which, by the way, if your name is Seth Lowe or Erica Baird, you probably get steak and lobster, but we'll stick with the Biscoffs. Erica, I don't know where you are, but I know you're here, sister. All right, so this is the time. This, this is out of the storm. You're out of the storm. This is the eye of the storm. Have any of you ever heard that song? In the eye of the storm, you remain in control. You alone are the anchor. When my sails are torn, your love surrounds me in the... Thank you, very good, yes, in the eye of the storm. This is the part where you just enjoy. These are those God-given moments when time just slows down enough that you just have a great moment or a great day or a great week. For me, it's floating out on the water, falling asleep on the just beautiful lake. That's one of my favorites. But it's those times when time, it seems to just kind of stand still and you could just really enjoy. Maybe it's a time you look out in your family. Maybe it's a time you can go away on vacation or um, just a time that you can reflect on all of God's goodness. And I had the great opportunity even just a short time ago you know, my son is getting married next week, next, not next week, next month. He's getting married next month. And I was invited to go to a birthday party that his in-laws were having for some of the littles of the family. And they were holding this party at Tremont Pool. Well, when I got to the pool, I arrived, I parked, and I got out of the car. And as I'm walking up to the pool, I look over to the right, and I'm reminded that that is the exact place that 17 years prior I hold, held my six-year-old little Zach and my two-year-old little Taylor's hand, and it was just one of those beautiful moments. And I was just walking, you know, top little guys probably coming back from the bathroom, but I just remember stopping with the music in the background and people eating turkey legs. And I just looked up and I was like, Lord, don't ever let me forget this moment. And he hasn't. He even let me like glance and look and remember and see that exact spot where I stood. How beautiful. And how beautiful in a time that it also reflected talking about the month coming up and I got to be with this amazing family. And that's the town that they grew up in. That is one of those moments. It's the ride. Enjoy the ride. All right, so now we're going to talk about the landing. You all know what happens in the landing. You're going to have to get your seatbelt back on. So let me see it. Pull it back out because the light has just come back on, right? 
The pilot has come on, he's telling you you need to put away your electronics, store the baggage down in the front in the seat in front of you, right? That one. He gets on the intercom and he talks about the temperature of your destination, gives you some gate, gate information of where you're landing. Am I right? And then you kind of, I don't know, is it just me, but I, I kind of get a little bit stressed, I guess. I kind of feel a little more tight, you know, like we're getting ready to land, ooh, you know. We're coming down, here we go. They usually say that, and that's like a whole other half hour later, you know? But still, so I'm like bracing myself a little bit this whole half hour. Oh my goodness. Okay, so in March of this year, well, let me talk about this, this next part. So this is the landing. So this is, we're coming out of the eye, right? We're maybe coming back into this place of preparation. Okay, you're with me? All right, in March of this year, Jason and I um, went to go travel and visited my parents. They were vacationing in Texas. And when we were in Texas, we went and visited the USS Lexington. It was an aircraft carrier in Corpus Christi. And here is a picture of it. There it is. It's so cool. If you ever get a chance to go to Corpus Christi, Texas, go visit it because it is it's all, there's like a museum on the inside, and there's just so many interesting facts that are so cool to hear about. So we went there, and then we hear over the loudspeaker, um, attention guests, we're going to be having our last tour of the day. If you'd like to take a tour up on the flight deck, please join us. And so we kind of look around each other. You want to take the tour? You want to take the tour? Let's take the tour. So we went to the flight deck, and we took this tour. And it was where, like, a naval officer, he used to be a naval officer, he guided us around and showed us different parts of the, the flight deck. You know, there was, like, the, the walk the plank thing. Like, that is a thing. It was there. I saw it. And there was all these different places where they had the, the jets parked and all this kind of thing. But he went on to explain some really important details of the aircraft carrier. This is where the, the jets come in, of course, okay? There's this thing called the lens. And I have a picture, again, right here. It's kind of like being in school, guys. All right, right there where that arrow is pointing, it's called the lens. Everybody say, the lens. The lens. Now, that is the point of reference, okay? Now, I'm sure you guys are way smarter than me, but I, when I was thinking about a jet landing on an aircraft carrier, I'm thinking they come in, you know, nice and easy like Top Gun, right? They come in nice, they slow down, and they come into a nice slow stop, right? But what I totally forgot about was that the, the aircraft carrier itself is doing this, right? Did you just have that realization? Because I was like, Holy cow, how does that pilot even like, how do they even do that without crashing into the deck, right? So there is the lens that helps direct them. Again, it is the point of reference. Now, can I see that other picture of the lens? Here it is close up and at night. <laughs> so dramatic. Okay, the greenish blue lights that go straight out, those are good. And if, you, if the pilot sees those all lit up straight across, he knows we're good, right? If you see lots of red, that's bad. You don't want to land because you potentially are going to get in a crash, okay? Now, the, the strip in the middle, that's where some lights that are amber colored, so fancy, 
Um, those will light up either at the top, second, third, or fourth. But if you'll notice, the third one in the middle is where it would be directly lined up with the greenish blue ones, right? Okay, now they call that light the meatball. I don't know why, probably because Navy people like meatballs. I don't know, but here is the cool thing that the pilot does then, and he works with the landing signal officer. When this time comes, when they're coming close to coming down to this deck, they do this thing and it's, call the ball, okay? Everybody say, call the ball. Call the ball. No one's landing your ship. No one's landing your jet, guys. Try that again, okay? All right, let's try it again. Call the ball. Very good, that would be very good. Okay, so in that moment, like split seconds, the pilot has to make a determination where that meatball is, okay? If it's directly lined up, he's safe to land and he's safe to come down, okay? If it's a, a little bit up or a little bit down, he's either too high or too low and you'll see lots of red. That's not good, right? Okay. Watch this video, there's a little bit more for you to see. Cool, right? Okay, I know you guys are all gonna go home and watch Top Gun. Okay, did you guys all see the, t the hook thing hanging down from the jet? Okay, that's called a tail hook, okay? The tail hook comes down from the jet and then it has four chances on the deck to be able to pick, pick it up, right? To be able to stop the jet. <clears throat> it's called a resting gear. Did you hear me? Arresting gear, okay? Now, ideally, it's best if the jet snagged the third cable. Apparently, that's like the best one and it will bring it to the best stop, right? Okay, are you better ready for a little bit of crazy? This arresting gear can stop a 54,000 pound jet going 150 miles an hour in two seconds. Two, two, what, two. Okay, it goes further, because it's not just two seconds, but it's two seconds in just 314 feet. Seriously, is that not the coolest? So, as you can see, I really enjoyed my tour. But, so, he was telling us that they have to come down, they have to stop that jet in two seconds, but do you realize also that when a jet is coming down, don't, wouldn't you all think that when a jet is coming down that they would slow speed because they need to slow down to land the thing, right? Oh no, oh no, the pilot, when he hits the deck, has to go full throttle, full speed, just in case the arresting gear doesn't capture him so he can retake off and try it again. Two seconds. Two seconds up, two seconds down. 
Um, I just talked to Jack Hageman after first service. He was actually worked on one of the decks. Go talk to him. He has got some great stories and told me he was one of the guys up underneath the plane that would check it out, like get two seconds to check out the engine. We're good to go. Thumbs up. They do that even. That's a thing. Like that happens. Can you imagine? Two seconds. Can I just illustrate this a little bit better? Okay. Okay. You said, can you illustrate that a little bit better? No problem. Okay. How many of you have children or animals, pets, or know any? Anybody know any children or pets? Yes. Okay, great. Okay. Now, how many of you know when a child or a pet goes running away from you and you go running after them, what do they do? They always go faster, right? So you have to run a little faster after them, right? This is probably in Michael's message last week. And he grab, you got to grab them and pull them back, right? Is that what we do or not? Okay, so I thought we got to grab them and pull them back to safety, right? Of course, for their safety. Okay, I'm going to go a little further and illustrate this a little differently. I promise we're going to land this plane. So now what I want you to do is, don't, and don't worry because you have your seatbelt on, right? I want you to reach in front of you, to the person in front of you, and I want you to grab their shirt gently, kindly. And some of you might have to travel because everybody needs to have their back grabbed. You cannot get out of this. So everybody look around and make sure their back is grabbed. Look, there's people holding you accountable now. See? Hey, your back's not grabbed. Get her, get her. Okay, everybody has someone's back? Like, I got your back, you get it? No, I'm just kidding. Got your back. Hey, hold on, don't let go. Now I want you to close your eyes. Take a deep breath. And now I want you to hear Jesus saying, I've got you. I won't let go. Though you don't see me, I'm here. I see every battle. I see every tear. I see every disappointment and every broken heart. And I'm fighting for you. Turn to me and not from me. I've got you. I'm not letting go. Okay, you can release that person that you held their back. You see, we must maintain our point of reference. And so often lately, I've been talking to so many people about them feeling like there's just chaos around them, everywhere. Things are swirling around them. They come out of the storm and they're in another one. They come out and they go into another one. They come out of one and they go in another one. But you see, 
I believe God's getting his church ready. It is the end time. And he needs to make sure, make sure that our utter dependence is on him and only him. There's nothing in this world that we can place our trust in that will give us the confidence that the Lord does ever. Nothing. Only the Lord. And he's solidifying that within us to make it so strong that when the end times are here, we know. We know where our point of reference is because it's Jesus. Jesus is our point of reference. He is our constant contact. He is our constant. He's immobile. He's steady. He's solid. He's unchangeable. In Hebrews 13, 8, it says, Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. Malachi 3, 6 says, I am the Lord, and I change not. And one of my favorites, Numbers 23, 19, God is not a man. And so he does not lie. He is not human. And so he does not change his mind. Has he ever spoken and failed to act? Has he ever promised and not carried it through? Not once. Not once. You see, there are many things in your life that can change. And they can change suddenly. And quite honestly, change isn't always easy. And it's oftentimes painful. But it is certain that change will always promote growth. Always promote growth. Let me say it again. Jesus is the constant in your change. He is your point of reference. You see, Job could have cursed God and died, but he didn't. He chose to remain faithful and put his trust in the Lord, and the Lord restored everything to him double, double, and gave him new family. You see, Maverick, in the movie Top Gun, he could have given up when his best friend Goose died. But he didn't. He chose to take that next flight and to keep going and to go on to be one of the best. And you see, you can do it. Because you are a believer. You are not a doubter. You are strong in faith, giving glory to God. Stand up, let's pray. God, I thank you so much for this reminder this morning. To keep you is our point of reference, Jesus. 
I thank you, Lord, that you've got me. You aren't going to let me go. In those moments, God, when I question, God, grab me with your tail hook. Pull me back and arrest me. And hold me in your arms and keep me safe. God, I thank you for everybody here. I thank you for their safe travels, great trailways and safe landings. I thank you for goodness and grace and mercy that is over them. And I speak blessing over them and peace over them and answers to their questions. I thank you for it, Lord. I pray that they would go out today with a certainty that they are stepping into everything that you have for them today. In Jesus' name, and everybody said, Amen. Amen. Now, one last thing. When you came in, and I know Phil talked about this, you know what? This just may be your opportunity to step into that next place of sudden change. But let me tell you, it is an absolute honor and blessing to be plugged in here at Riverside. Find your place. Get plugged in. Join us downstairs. Snacks and drinks are free. Have a great day. God bless you.